courtesy of Bow Sports.com, Stitcher.com, iTunes. You can subscribe to this lovely, sexy, wonderful podcast for free. Tune in media for your mobile devices, Google Play Podcast, and we are also on Spotify. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the show that we so lovingly call Bow on Bulls, the show totally, utterly, and foreverly dedicated to the Chicago Bulls and NBA talk. I am Big Daddy. How are you, my friend? Good, man. Very good. Very good sports-wise. Yes, very good sports-wise. Happy New Year to you also, by the way. Yeah, Happy New Year. This is the first of January mm-hmm. 2022, our first podcast of the year. Yeah, because we took some time off and yeah, might yeah. as well start it on New Year. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but I want to tell, also thank you for coming on Locked on Bulls. Um, you subbed in as a guest, man. It was a lot of fun doing that with you. I love the uh, people's comments about you. Do you know the the biggest complaint about you? It's a very common one, but do you know the biggest I complaint? read one. And I wasn't gonna to respond to a Twitter. I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. But uh, but no, I didn't read. I, I, was, I was one guy had a problem with the way I talk. But uh, there you go. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the biggest one was about not understanding. And I told them, well, see, I'm used to it. You know what I'm saying? I know you talk fast, but I've known you for a very long time. So you know, I kind of have a ear of when I could just pull from you and understand what you mean. But yeah, and just just a background on that. So I, I stuttered. Uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna say a lot, but I, have, I used to have a stuttering problem years ago. Right. And right. the way to compensate that growing up is that you kind of talk fast. Yeah. Um, so I have a bad habit of like not enunciating all the syllables in a word. Except when I get drunk, right, Dave? When I get drunk, oh I'm my God. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> I'm like, yo, so I'm like, I slow it down and everything. So yeah, yeah. so just, it's just a habit over the years since I was a kid, uh, overcoming the stuttering issue. Because it wasn't horrible, but I would I would hang up on some consonants, yeah. and so with with the compensation for that, I, I would talk fast to get out mm-hmm. as fast as possible. Right, right. So, so sometimes I'm conscious of that, and I try to slow down a little bit. Maybe I maybe I should drink like two beers before I come on the podcast. Actually, yeah, I know, I'd recommend that. Yeah, <laughs> that why not? But no, the best the best thing is is when you get around your brother and your father, and then listening to that tornado of fast <laughs> talking that's going on. Because you all are speaking a whole nother language. I promise you, man. Like, it's a whole nother language going on with y'all, man. And it's fun to hear. Some of are like that because, like, you guys are like that. Your family, you guys have, yeah, not sure. just not just the speed, but the terms you guys use, you know. True. The, right. I, was, I guess I'll say the lingo you guys use within your family. Fair. It's like, oh, that's how they talk. <laughs> yeah. Like, our yeah. family, especially my father said, we're very sarcastic. And you missed the sarcasm we used to have years ago. It was like, you know, trying to up up you in sarcasm. You know, every 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 time you say something. But, okay. But uh, that's our family. Yeah, we do talk fast, and I sound just like my dad. No, you I do. do. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes, you do. Because I had a father, and I tried to mimic him. I wanted to be like you know, so you know. Yeah. Talk like him. Exactly like him. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> but it's all right. But thank you for coming on. And since people had a problem with that, I I definitely told them, oh, you don't like it. We'll definitely have them back on the show. Yeah, I'll slow down. Well, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. happy. I'm happy. No, don't slow issue. down. No, don't change no. nothing. Who you are, bro? Whatever. No. Whatever. No, 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 no. I'm not. But I'm conscious of it anyway. It's not like I don't know that. But uh, but like um, but like um, alone, alone. Well, I guess if they could hear what I said, I guess they don't know if I said something smart or bad or dumb, or whatever. But <laughs> but but uh, as the podcast goes on, I do kind of slow down a little bit. And I, get, I guess you get yeah. used to it. You know, a little bit. Yeah. So I'm like, um, like a, I'm like a craft beer or something. Just you know, tastes weird the first time, and then no, you're like, you're like Demar Derozan in the fourth. <laughs> That's what you are. I like, so. I like that analogy better. Yeah, for you sure. feel me? You feel me? 
<laughs> so, so let's get to our guest because I know you just heard those smooth, dulcet tones right there. This young man here, I have been a fan of for a while now. Um, watch, I started watching him on YouTube. And the cool thing about it is, you know, when you're watching someone and they say exactly what's in your brain, it's, <laughs> it's really, really cool. You know what I'm saying? And he's just incredibly logical. He's funny, but he's not a jerk. And some, some people, you know, kind of blur that line of, see, I told you, you know what I mean? Being a jerk about it. No, he provides you with the facts and the logic and the humor at the same time. And it's a really great show. You should check it out on YouTube. It's called Bull Central. You can follow him on Twitter and on Instagram at Bull Central YT. It's our man and yours, Jamal Aflatini. I messed it up. No, Aflatuni. That's what it was. Dang it, I had it. I had it, Jamal. <laughs> Almost had it, man. Hey, I, I, I've heard a lot worse when people butcher my last name. It is totally cool. But they, no, appreciate the kind words, Big Dave, and uh, really happy to be on the show. What's the worst? I, I wonder what's the worst job someone's done on your last name? I don't know. Like some people like, you know, all fail toony, like just like all really fail. bad stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's an unusual last name. My 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 uh, father's from Iran, so it's a Persian last name. So it's a uh, uh, not something you usually see very often, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of weird pronunciations that people have given over the years. So that was that was perfect. You. <clears throat> where you got it? Aflatuni, so baby. Yeah. I, I'm in line. I'm in line at a store. Look where I was at, and and I and of course I'll give my name. That's, you know, my last name is Jordan. How do you spell that? G O. <laughs> How do you get Jordan wrong? Of all Dude, names, <laughs> if they get that wrong, your name. <laughs> Right. I'm sure you've heard some things. He's been through some stuff. He's been through some things. But um, I'm very curious about you and just your your journey to Bulls fandom, because you, you don't live you don't live here uh, in Chicago. So when did it begin for you, though? When did you when did it begin this Bulls fandom? For you were just like, this is my favorite team. Yeah. Um, I mean, it definitely started when I was a kid. So uh, originally, you know, from Chicago and uh, my family, they all still live there. Um, all of my uh, cousins and my aunts and uncles, uh, my grandmother who passed away last year. You know, she obviously uh, lived there for a very long time. She was a huge Bears fan. Um, but, you know, a kid growing up in the 90s, how can you not like the Bulls? And that's really where it all started. I, I just became a fan of basketball in general because of Michael Jordan, you know? Um, and so growing up watching the Bulls in the 90s, that was really all that I knew. Um, so it was actually really hard for me once, you know, Jordan retired the second time um, and the team just kind of went to the wayside. Uh, I was so used to seeing the team do so well and winning all the time that that made it really hard for me. But it was weird because I didn't want to cheer for another team. You know, like even though they were really bad, and it's hard to follow a team when they're really bad to say, no, you know what? I'm just going to start cheering for another team. Uh, and I moved to Oregon and, um, you know, a lot of people love the Blazers there. And it's the only team in the Northwest. Well, now, I guess at the time they also had Seattle. Right. Um, and I um, was like, no, nope, you know, what? I'm going to stick with this team. I don't care how bad they are. And, I, and I've just stuck with them ever since. And, and I think the fandom just kind of increased more and more over time even when they were bad, because it was like, no, I'm, I'm a loyal, I, I'm not gonna, you know, just like, hop on and off the bandwagon, like a lot of people do. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, that's where it started when I was a little kid. And, and uh, it got, you know, 
back up again quite a bit when I was around, you know, college timeframe when Derek Rose was uh, doing his thing. And um, yeah, I've just stuck with them ever since. Do you feel like your fandom increased uh, because you weren't living in Chicago and you just wanted to, you know, just represent for the city? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that was, that was sort of a a big thing for me was I was well known throughout, you know, middle school, high school as the kid that, that was a Bulls fan. Uh, And um, I think because there weren't a lot of Bulls fans in the area that I lived uh, that made it even more so, right. Cause it was like, Oh, I'm different. I'm unique. I'm not just following the Blazers or, you know, any other team wherever you're living. And so even right now I live in the Bay area and everyone loves the Warriors, obviously. Um, and so to be a Bulls fan, people are like, Oh, you're a Bulls fan. How did that come about? Um, yeah, I think that obviously helps, right. When you kind of feel like you're, you're the outsider, uh, in, in the area that you live in. So, yeah. I like how they spoke to you. Like you had a disease or something wrong with you. Oh, how'd you get that? How did that get into your system? That's crazy. That's the thing, right? It's, it's like when you're a Bulls fan, it's like, ooh, you're a Bulls fan. This year's different, right? But it's yeah. like always like, oh man, I feel bad for you. It's like, yeah. you sure you want to be a Bulls fan? It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't leave, I don't leave my teams. <laughs> what, do, what can you tell me about your first Bulls game that you actually went to? Or do you really ooh, first that? Bulls game live? Um, so I went and saw them play uh, the Blazers quite a bit. Um, like I said, because uh, I was living in that area. Uh, the first one that I went to, um, actually, it was pretty later in life just because I couldn't really uh, afford to go. But I was in college uh, and um, I went and saw them play the Blazers. This was actually the 2009 season. So Vinny Del Negro was still coaching the team. Uh, Derek Rose was in his second season. I think Noah was in his third season at that time. Um, and I sat up, you know, in the nosebleeds, uh, cheering the team away that that time there were not that many Bulls fans at the game, because I, if you go to any games, any stadiums outside of Chicago, there's always going to be Bulls fans. And there were some. Um, but at that game, uh, they, they ended up losing. That was, you know, Brandon Roy was actually still on the team. Greg Oden was actually playing in that game and actually played pretty well. Um, and then the following year, I went to the game. And that was the year that they ended up winning 62 games, I think, right? 2010, 11. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it was the year after. And then there were tons of Bulls fans, right? Because it's like everyone came out of the woodwork and it's like, oh, the team is doing really well right now. Um, They actually ended up losing that game as well, which was disappointing because they won a lot of games that year. Um, But yeah, that was my first game. Uh, And it was it was crazy because Joakim Noah got a technical because he threw the basketball at like the the uh, center of the the hoop because he was upset about a call and they gave him a tee. He didn't get ejected. And I was like, yes, I love this guy. I love I, Noah was one of my favorite players. Uh, but yeah, that was my first Bulls experience live anyway. Wow. You just said the magic words there because Brandon Roy is definitely Chris is like God. Like <laughs> he was a Brandon Roy. Oh, no way. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, dude, I was such a huge Brandon Roy fan, man. Because yeah. like, when that fourth quarter came, it, it didn't matter who you were, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, you were going to get done in the fourth quarter, my Brandon Roy. Yeah. And it, it, he just was like one of those guys where he had a switch, where it was like, I'm going to score a bucket. And no matter how tall you are or how good you are, I'm, I'm pretty much unguardable at this moment right here. And he had those moments constantly throughout his career. Oh, yeah. So unfortunate what happened to him, man. I know. And it's, you know, reminds you of Derrick Rose, right? Except mm-hmm. worse because Brandon Roy really wasn't able to make any sort of comeback, right? Yeah, At least Rose yeah. is still playing. Rose is actually still playing well. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. MVP level Rose, but um, yeah, you know, you, Bulls fans know more than anything, seeing a player that had such high hopes and potential 
to have it thrown away because of injuries. Yeah, I, lo- I love Blair- Brandon Roy as well. Um, and because I was living in that area, uh, everyone loved him, you know, so the, he was all the hype at that time. But and that was and that when I went and saw that game live, my first Bulls game live, he uh, this was like, I think one of his like last seasons before he really started getting injured and just wasn't able to play anymore. So it was good that I got to see that too. That is true. That's very good. So you started your show, um, obviously because you are a Bulls fan, but (laughs) what was your, what was the process behind making that decision to say, Hey, I'm going to jump into this game right here. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an interesting story. My wife, uh, she had been encouraging me for the longest time. She's like, you know, you know a lot about basketball, especially Bulls basketball. You're a huge fan. You should start some sort of podcast or YouTube channel of some kind. And I go, ah, no, it's, I'm not going to do that. No one's going to want to listen to some, you know, random guy talk about Bulls basketball. And, uh, and I also was just telling her, I was like, I don't really have the time for that either. You know, I have a full-time job. I still have a full-time job, um, but this was before COVID. So I, you know, I had to go into the office and everything like that. Um, and then COVID hit. And we were afforded more time because everyone was working from home. We were locked down. So we weren't going anywhere in the evenings or anything like that. And so I said, you know what, maybe I'll sit down and see what I can do. Like try to create something, you know, and see if people would be interested in in tuning in. And so I started the channel. um, It was about a week before Patrick Williams got drafted. So just Mm. right before last season. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started around that time because I figured out it's probably good to get it going right before the season starts. And, um, and people wanted, people tuned in, right. You know, people wanted to listen. I was really surprised that people cared to hear what some, like I said, random guy on YouTube has to say. Um, and now I'm sure my wife's regretting, regretting it a little bit because once, <laughs> once I do something, I, I go all out, you know, uh, I really yeah. commit to it. Um, but that's really how it started. She really encouraged me to do something like that. you know, as like a hobby and something to do in my free time. And, um, and it's worked out well so far. Um, you know, it's still a small channel. I don't, I don't consider it a big channel, but uh, I, I enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun because I love sports. I love Bulls basketball. And so to have something like this be, you know, a hobby and a passion at the same time uh, makes it that much more enjoyable for sure. Is your wife a Bulls fan? No, not really. Uh, you know, she, she's not really that into basketball. Um She's a Bulls fan because I'm a Bulls fan, you know, like she, she comes to the games, she wears the Bulls jerseys, um, you know, and so she cheers. Yeah, but, you know, she's just not really that much of a fan of basketball, but she's really a good sport about it. Because I was wondering if she was tired of, tired of you talking to her about the Bulls. And she was like, you know what, start your own channel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's like, all right, I don't, I don't want to you, you start your own channel so I don't hear about it anymore. No, no, she's, she's actually a really good sport about okay. it for sure. That's awesome. Are you going to be raising your children as Bulls fans? Oh, point? absolutely. So I, we, we, I've got a three-year-old daughter and, right. uh, you know, who, when I, whenever like the game is on, she, she knows go Bulls, you know, she uh, still has to like figure it out. Cause like, you know, they wear different jerseys certain nights, right. You know, they wear red and so, and they'll wear white and, you know, if they're playing like the Rockets and they're wearing red, she thinks that then the, the Rockets are the Bulls. I'm like, well, no, no, tonight they're wearing white. So you got to cheer for the white team. So she gets it, but yeah, I'll definitely raise my kids as Bulls fans as much as I can, even if we're not, you know, we're in the Warriors nation right now, but nah, hopefully she'll stick with it. What has what has kind of like surprised you the most doing this? Because I, I understand your humility, but your show is definitely popular and you definitely have a following um, that people respect, you know what I mean? And not just like, but actually, you know, truly respect uh, hearing what you have to say and going on your word. So what has surprised you the most 
um, I guess about the success that you've had uh, doing this show? Um, I think honestly, the thing that surprised me the most is that uh, uh, I always knew that the Bulls fan base was big and very you know passionate about their team. But I never really knew to what extent, like a lot of the, you know, people that tune into my channel, you know, they'll leave comments and things like that. And they just love this team, you know, and and it, and it was last year, too, because, you know, you could say, oh, well, they love this team this year because they're doing well. But, you know, were they there last year? They were there last year. And um, I think that's what's kind of surprised me. Like I said, I always knew that the Bulls fan base was was big uh, because of what Michael Jordan built. And I knew that because any game that I went to outside of Chicago, you always still saw Bulls fans, even when they weren't doing well. Um, but I guess I never really just knew to what extent. And uh, they're just very passionate about their team. And and I like it because I've all, you know, I'm like that too, right? So it's like, oh, I can relate to you guys. Um, and I haven't really been around people that are like that. I don't know that many Bulls fans that are, friends of mine anyway because most of my friends are not in chicago all of my family they're really big bulls fans which is great um but i've only got like one or two bulls fans in this area and for the same reasons that i you know i grew up watching michael jordan so they they've just stuck with the bulls so i think that's been the biggest thing that surprised me is just how passionate people are about this team whether they've been good or not and and i kind of thought i was maybe a minority in that you know like oh i've just kind of stuck with the team throughout um so that's been the biggest surprise yeah i would say we definitely discovered that as well because we've been doing our pod for a while and when, even when they weren't good you know actually on the what tail end of derrick rose era you know yeah. going through all that and then the jimmy butler era you know going through all that and then the ball-headed menace era and oh <laughs> then all of that so we definitely found out uh you're right about that passion that yeah. Bulls fans have and how vast it is. You're right. Like mm -hmm. how global the Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Are. And, and you're right. I mean, that's what I was also going to say is it's, it's global, right? Like I got people, you know, that leave comments like, Hey, you know, cheers from Ireland, cheers from mm -hmm. Israel. Like they're all over. And, yeah. and I think a lot of it obviously has to do with Michael Jordan. I mean, he's an icon. He globalized the sport. So anybody that was watching basketball in the nineties, wherever you were in the world, um, you kind of stuck with that team, right? So yeah, that that's also been a big surprise. It's just how global it is for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, so doing your show uh, on YouTube, how hard is it for you to not get into arguments with the people in your comments? Or do you just leave it alone? Or do you actually- you know, um, Sometimes I get, I mean, you know, there's some people that are just outright rude, right? <laughs> you know, like, uh, they're just like trolls and I'll, I'll, I I might troll them back a little bit just cause I'm like, yeah. get off my channel, man. Um, right. Some people I, I, I don't engage with, uh, uh, especially, um, especially when it comes to things that can be somewhat political. Like, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I did have a few videos around you know, the game postponements and the COVID protocols and everything like that. And um, some people, you know, get really charged by those types of topics, you know, yeah. vaccines, no vaccines, whether we should have protocols in place, whatever, you know, wherever you stand, that's fine. But I'm not, you know, I try not to engage in that because right. those topics right. can get pretty heated. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, when I see that some people are getting, you know, pretty argumentative i kind of just put it aside because i obviously have a reputation to uh, protect as well now and yeah. so i try not to get too you know uh, heated and if someone is just outrightly inappropriate i'll i'll just remove them from the channel you know i'll either delete the comment or if they keep coming back and they just keep like pestering you just remove them from the channel entirely so you don't have to worry about them going you know any further but for the most part people are actually very uh 
uh, supportive. People are really, you know, nice to one another. Uh, and, and they're also just very uh, encouraging of the Bulls overall. So I don't really run into it that that often. Um I'm I'm curious to how how you guys would though. Obviously, I'm sure you kind of yeah. go through the same thing with locked on bulls and 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 things like that. I'm sure people are, mm-hmm. you know, throwing out comments and people are getting in arguments. How do you kind of engage with those people? I, it was while you were saying that um, of about you know the COVID and the protocols and all those things. That was my first time kind of going through that, seeing uh, just how much of a powder keg that kind of topic is. And yeah. you're right. You're right. Like all in the common people were just, my God, like, like every, it was like just going crazy talking about this. Yeah. No, don't get a vaccine, you know, this and that. And I'm watching it. I'm looking like, man, should I respond to this stuff? Should I say something back? And then Matt is like, what? No, dude, I just delete that shit. Like, <laughs> like I just, I just remove those people and I move on. Yeah. And it, that stuff doesn't cross my mind. My, right. my mind is to like, Oh yeah, let's argue, let's debate. You know what I mean? It's, it's healthy. You know, let's have a nice debate and a discussion about it. But yeah. that is like, yeah, just remove it, and get them out of here. That, that yeah. debate would never end. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. No, I learned. I, I definitely end. learned. But yeah, arguing with fans in the YouTube comments is a passion of mine. Oh, um, I like not it. all. Yeah, not all of them. Of course not. You know, but ones that I'm like, okay, well, hold on, that's just all right. <laughs> let's have this debate here, but. Yeah. As long as I get my point out, they can have the last word or whatever. And, you know, I just move on from that. But sure, I, I'm very respectful, you know, when I want to be. Yeah. But you're right. I do poke you know, <laughs> a little bit at them. But yeah. it's fun to do. It's, it's definitely fun to do, man. So where do you, I guess, where do you go from here at the point in time you are now? Like, what is your next aspiration uh, with this channel or is it just to continue to follow this Chicago Bulls team or is there a bigger goal you have uh, for this honestly man I don't really know um, I, a lot of people ask me that I've kind of just been enjoying the ride um, you know and taking it day by day I, uh, you know I've thought about expanding making maybe a separate channel that kind of encompasses all of the NBA mm-hmm. um, at the same time though I've you know I do have a full-time job and right. I've got a daughter, a three-year-old daughter. I've got another one on the way. I just don't know if it's going to be feasible. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I kind of picked a bad time to get into YouTube. Um, and and, and my, the daughter that is on the way, uh, she's going to be born around the time that the playoffs start. Which wow. Is going to be a oh, harder. Um, so it's like, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of just playing it by ear, um, trying to manage, you know, a schedule of, you know, taking care of a kid and, and also working at the same time while also managing the YouTube channel. Um, I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to continue and I, I'm going to continue around, you know, making sure that I'm following the bulls and covering the bulls. Um, but for the channel that, you know, I have right now, it will be dedicated to the bulls. I know some people are like, yeah, you should also do some MBA, but I feel like, you know, kind of got like a, you know, a good niche audience. And I think once you do that, it might impact it a little bit. Um, so no goals in particular. Uh, I'm just kind of taking it day by day and seeing how things go. And I'll, you know, reassess um, as time kind of goes on. Um, just liking, liking how it's going right now. Yeah. Where, where did you think you were, you know, when you started the channel, um, if what, and when you started to where you're at now, what's the biggest difference in terms of your, your relationship with the Bulls and the fandom? I know what, our, what, what I mean by that is that with me and Dave, you know, Dave and I, we, we did our podcast but now we started to form relationships with the Bulls community in a different way, you know, other podcasters. And you sort of like understand 
you know, it's, it's a different point of view, right? When you view the bureaus from, from a standpoint where you, you know, produce a content and, you know, um, critique the bureaus on the YouTube channel. Uh, what's the biggest surprise that you've, or the biggest surprise that, that, that you've seen or that you have with your channel in terms of relationship with like guys like us yeah. <laughs> and also the bulls in general? No, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, yeah, it's completely changed. Right. Cause before I, you know, started the channel, I was just a bulls fan, like anyone else following the bulls and, you know, following all the beat writers and what they have to say. And now um, it's like, you kind of become a part of this broader bulls community that in a way you almost didn't even realize existed. So me having the ability to talk to you guys, you know, I met with obviously Matt as well. Um, uh, I, I was fortunate that, you know, Casey Johnson agreed to meet with me and come on the show. I've talked to Rob Schaefer. So it's like, you almost feel kind of, uh, uh, like a, a bigger piece within the community. Um, which that obviously has, has been a surprise to me. So now I kind of view it in a different, like you were asking, you know, how do you view the bulls, you know, versus what I was previously and you know, how I kind of am now is it's like, I'm almost viewing it from like a, from like a media standpoint, if you will, mm. right? Because it's mm. like I'm covering this team more than just mm -hmm. talking about this team as a fan. Um, and in a way, almost also updating, you know, my viewers as far as like things that are going on. So like I try to get the inside track on things and, you know, what's the latest on a certain player, you know, Alex Crusoe is an example, right? You know, what's his status? When are we expecting him to come back? Which players are in protocol, which, you know, are exiting protocol? And you, using those contexts that I have with some of the Bulls insiders, um, I just, yeah, I view it differently, right? I almost feel like I'm like a part of the organization, if you will, even though I'm not at all. Um, so, you know, as before, I was just a, just a Bulls fan, just, you know, my own individual self. Um, and it does, it does make it more challenging because you feel like I really need to like follow this team closely because I need to know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I can't just be some random fan talking about things. And um, so I definitely pay attention to the games much more closely than I did before in a different way, rather than just points being scored back and forth, but like, Oh, how, how should I be assessing, you know, the defensive schemes? How is the offense flowing? Um, so I can speak to that better on my channel. Um so yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot different. I'm much more engaged with how the team does overall than I ever was before. You know, it's great that you say that because it definitely comes across uh, on your channels, you know, with your breakdowns, like you said, of the defense, of the offense and the plays that they run. It, it definitely shows, you know, the work that you're putting in. No, I appreciate so, that, man. Appreciate it. It, it I mean, it, it, it just shows. And that's why people, you know, want to tune in and check out what you're saying. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. No, I'll say it's needed because it's interesting how, you can watch ESPN and these other shows as well. And you don't quite hear a breakdown of the offense and defense, right? Even when you have commentators in the NBA, they kind of gloss over the fact like, oh, you know, that's a, you know, a hammer screen, whatever like that. You know, it's like, it's like, I think there are, there's a, there's a, there's a, a set of fans who want to hear more detail about the, about the game, right. schemes, offensive schemes. And even with all, you know, internet and NBA and all these channels they have, you still don't kind of get that in some kind of way. You still get this like, kind of like, Raw brushed over language, and so so it's great to have like you know you and other guys out there uh, with the channels who sort of give a different perspective and more nuanced look at the game versus the uh, I guess the more branded approach or more you know the message being a little more generalized for the company, yeah you know, for the NBA fan right well and and obviously if it's ESPN right the Bulls aren't going to get the the kind of coverage that that you would, <laughs> yeah, that you would expect are. right you got to oh yeah they're, 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 you know. Knicks. <laughs> Knicks and Lakers all day long. So yeah, but yeah, your, your channel is amazing. I hope everybody checks it out. 
uh, Thanks, watches it and learns and, and watches it just sit there and learn and be entertained at the same time. Um, but speaking of that, let's let's talk about this team. Let's talk about these Chicago Bulls at this point right now, the first place in the Eastern Conference, 23 and 10, six games in a row winning streak, Chicago Bulls. Wow. Um, <laughs> this is so amazing. Um, when you came on Lockdown Bulls, we talked about how much fun this was um, just to sit there and watch this. Um, watching even even through COVID and just how they responded, you know, and how they it just feels like the train hasn't gone off track as far as basketball is concerned, mm-hmm. even go through all that. Um, what has surprised you the most, though? Like, is there a certain player you've looked at and be like, I honestly didn't expect this big of a thing from you? Um, what has surprised you the most uh, as far as player-wise with this team? Yeah, I mean, player-wise, uh, I think the biggest surprise for me well, a couple, a couple people. Um, I mean, Lonzo Ball. Uh, I'll admit, I was a bit skeptical uh, about that signing. Remember, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was like, I can't remember if we talked about on Lockdown Bulls, but um, uh, I, I really wasn't sure if he was going to be the piece that we were going to need as a point guard. Um, and I think part of that was just because I didn't really follow him much after he left the Lakers. And what I saw from him when he was on the Lakers, I was, I was just like, this guy can't shoot. He's, you know, uh, an okay passer and he's a good defender, but is that really what the bulls need? And when he was brought on board and I saw him play, obviously he's improved his shot dramatically since being on the Lakers, which I knew because he followed the stats and things like that. But when you don't actually watch the player, uh, you get a better perspective once you see them play. And I think with Lonzo, it's more of the uh, uh, what he brings for the overall like cohesion of the team, you know, especially on the defensive end that the Bulls absolutely needed because they were not getting that perimeter defense last year. He's been a huge piece for this team in their overall success. You won't see it as much, right? Because all you hear about is DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. But without Lonzo and his ability to defend some of the best scores in the league, like he was locking down James Harden, Luka Doncic, his own brother, LaMelo Ball. Without him, like you're not probably going to see the same level of success that the Bulls have been able to see. Um, so that's been one big surprise for me is just how actually impactful he's been. Um, and then other uh, surprises, DeMar DeRozan. Like I knew that this guy was good, but he's playing an MVP level caliber at the age 30, age 32, right? It's like everyone thought once he left the Raptors, he's gone to the Spurs, still a good player, right? He's still a good player, but he's not going to be the DeMar DeRozan that we ever used to see in Toronto. Um, and that happens, right? You know, with age, players start to decline. You know, they still have good years, but they start to decline. And now he's like even better than what he was in Toronto, right? Because he's like more mature. He's got better basketball IQ. He takes more efficient shots. Um, he's a much better passer than he used to be a good playmaker. So all of that, I think I was really shocked by uh, just because I knew that he would be good. But I didn't expect him to be playing at like an MVP type level, you know, performer. And that's what's obviously made the Bulls so great as well. And he, you know, he hasn't been an all-star since 2018, I think like that. Obviously, he's yeah. going to be an all-star this year. He's probably going to be an all-NBA player at the rate that he's going. And so um, that's been a big surprise to me. I would not have expected that uh, from, from DeRozan at all. So those two players have been uh, the bigger surprises. I would say, like, obviously, Io has been incredible, too. Mm-hmm. He's been a really big surprise. Definitely did not expect a second-round pick rookie 
Uh, I didn't even think he was going to be in the rotation. So I didn't really think that he was going to get that much playing time with the heavy backcourt that the Bulls have. And he's fought his way into getting like solid minutes and has been an amazing, incredible, productive player and contributor. So those three have really been the biggest ones that have surprised me. Um, and I'm really looking forward to what we get to, what we're going to get to see from Io going forward, you know, knowing that this is just his rookie season and you're kind of just scratching at the surface here and this player becoming even better. So, yeah, I lo- see, this is what I talked about earlier. I love when you're, you know, in my brain, cause that's exactly what I said about DeMar DeRozan. Like yeah. I knew he was good, but I wasn't like MVP level good. I completely was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, as far as scheming is concerned, and I guess this is more so, uh, uh, your opinion on Billy Donovan and the coaching staff, but what uh, have you been more impressed with uh, the offensive scheme or, or the defensive scheme for the Chicago Bulls? Well, I think um, defensive scheme has been more impressive because I think a lot of people just didn't think that this team would be that good on defense as they have been. And we talked about that a little bit on Locked on Bulls, uh, you know, that that was during the preseason. Right. So it's like we, we weren't quite sure. Is that going to stick? Right. Is that going to stick when we go into the regular season? Because in the preseason, they it's the preseason and they weren't playing, you know, high level type competition. Um, and the defense has been there. And, and I think most recently what I've been even more impressed with is how elite they've been on offense. Right. You know, these past few games, they've been scoring above 130, 130 points not the game last night, but prior to that. Um, and it's just been flowing. It's been clicking. The ball movement is there. They're getting, you know, 30 plus assists every night as a team. And Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso aren't even in the lineup, right? right? right. You know what I mean? They're still getting it done. And so, but overall, as you know, as season as a whole, the defense has been incredibly impressive to me because you even have guys that aren't really that known for their defense that are actually playing strong quality defense like Vucevic is an example mm-hmm. you know everyone always talks about how Vucevic isn't a good defender which sure he's maybe not the best defender but this year he's like actually getting in the paint blocking shots you know mm-hmm. stealing uh, balls away and so um, he's doing what he needs to do on on defense especially when he's not having the best season on offense at least you know to start anyway he's gotten a lot better most recently he's been much more consistent and shooting the ball a lot better but he was doing well uh, on the defensive end so I think overall you know as far as like which side of the court I've been most impressed with it's got to be the defense and how strong they've been able to do just because they weren't expected to be a good defensive team I knew that they would be better on defense than a lot of like national pundits were giving them credit to be anyway but but it's been better than I even thought Right. Because it's like I knew the Lonzo Ball and Caruso were good defenders. They've been locking guys down. And, and, and I didn't expect Io as well. Another guy who's, you know, was known for his defense in college, but he's a rookie. Right. But he, he steps up and guards Trey Young and puts the clamps on him. And like the game changes as a result. And they win both those games in Atlanta. So definitely that's what I've been most impressed with for sure. Uh, Chris, how about you? What have you been more impressed with the uh, offensive scheme or defensive? Uh, I would say the offense because the, the, the offense offensive wise because the DeRosa factor like you Dave we love DeRosa coming to the Bulls we do he was a good player but I did not think he'll play at an MVP level did not right. think that he did awesome defensively I had him and Dave I mentioned this a bunch of times Jamal I think the Bulls are the most athletic team in the NBA and before and before the season started I just knew they was gonna lock down defensively because when you have labeled like that, especially especially with the players they have, I expected a lot of deflections 
you know, uh, going after the Alonzo's balls, uh, block shots, whatnot with Caruso and Lonzo. So that I'm not surprised by. The offense, though, uh, just I didn't I didn't quite know because I coming this coming into the season, I expected Levine to be the one, right, and then DeRozan to be two as far mm-hmm. as one and two of the pecking yeah, order. That's true. Yeah. And but it's kind of interesting because I think most Bulls fans. Well, we'll say Levine's not a one. He's like a one A, a one B type. And so, like on this team, this is a perfect situation for a one A, one B superstar to be on. Like yeah. you cannot get a better team than this. They have the Rosen to be, you know, the one A, and then Zach to be the one B because Zach not, you know, he's not Durant. You know, he's not Harden MVP level. He's not. He's, he's not. He's not Giannis level. But he's like kind of almost there. And to have the Rosen as his running partner is awesome. And I did not expect Rosen to be quite like the go-to guy he is now. I, I mm-hmm. thought it'd be Levine and then the Rosen, but I'm happy with it. Levine's happy with Rosen being the being, <laughs> being the one guy to take all the last second shots and take over the game in the fourth quarter as well. Uh, so offensively, yeah. And, and a couple of guys, one guy that actually surprised me in offense is uh, look, wasn't surprised, but I'm kind of it's it's, it's, it's kind of a, a it's, it's kind of a nice 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 little thing to see is um, Derrick Jones. I didn't know that he was that crafty around the basket. Of course, he could tap the basket and dump the ball. But the layups he has, he's very crafty around the, around the hoop, and he doesn't miss easy layups. And so I was very surprised to see his game sort of in the paint, especially as slight as he is, to be able to get shots up and finish at the basket, at the rim, and not just dunking, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, offensively, um, biggest thing I think on this team, defensively, just effort and athleticism, they have that. Offensively, they still have to – kind of figure out you know um and you kind of see it with these games because they don't have, they haven't had a full roster so it's like yeah. so it's like you haven't seen the, the cake is baked right um so you, you still quite don't know exactly the empty spaces within offense as far as like you know what, what we need to fill in with um, players do you need to acquire another player or not and so jamal i have a question for you jamal like given the fact they have this record now and you're seeing kobe white sort of like gradually progress up to what we expect for Kobe White. Do you think this team is set as far as like as, as far as like we could compete for a championship this year? <laughs> or do you see this team going, you know what, we need to add somebody else on this on this roster? Is it the right time because Kobe's now feeling himself a little bit, you know, offensively he's getting to the groove? Or do you think this uh the front office will make a move? Yeah, I like that. I like how you position that, right? Is it's like, yeah. <laughs> should we trade Kobe White? Is that is that the question? No, um, no, uh, I don't think the roster is set. Um, they're in a very good spot. And I think a lot better than what most people obviously had anticipated. Um, because they're doing all of this, you know, they're number one in the East, tied for number one in the East. And they don't really have a ton of front court depth. Um, like you said, they haven't really had a full roster. Guys have kind of been in and out of the lineup with protocols or injuries. Um, but I think if you really want to be competitive in the playoffs, you're saying, you know, are they like a a championship contending type team? You got to have some sort of front court depth to take care of Giannis, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid. Um, not saying that Vucevic can't do that. But you're going to need another big body and particularly a big body defender. Uh, I, I love that Kobe White has been playing great recently. Um, and that's been a huge positive, right? Because, you know, Bulls Nation was kind of up in arms being like, got to trade Kobe. 
just can't play anymore. It doesn't fit this roster. I was better. You know, I was emerging. Like we don't need Kobe. I think there's some truth to it to an extent. It's not that, Oh, we don't need Kobe. It's that we've got a big backcourt. We've got a lot, you know, a lot of guards and Kobe probably has decent trade value because he's a younger player. He can score in a hurry and, uh, and he's athletic and he, he has potentially he could get even better. And so do you use that asset to try and bring in that bigger piece that can really put you over the top when it comes to going against some of these bigs like Embiid, Giannis, Kevin Durant? Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I think that they will make some sort of move this year, whether it be at the trade deadline or shortly thereafter. I personally think they're probably going to go with some sort of like temporary solution, whether it be like a one-year rental or half a year rental for through a trade, or they, you know, pick someone out uh, off of the buyout market if anyone gets bought out uh, after the trade deadline. And I think that they'll do that because they don't want to make a big trade that potentially impacts Patrick Williams' role because mm-hmm. um, obviously he's going to be coming back. But they're trying to figure something out because. It sounds like he might be out for the rest of the season, although there's you know talk about him potentially coming back like around March timeframe around there. And so you don't want to bring in a piece like, you know, I don't know, say like a, a trade for uh, Christian Wood or, or Jeremy Grant. You know, people always talking about those guys or even like a Miles Turner, because then what happens to Patrick once he comes back? You know, guys that are still going to be on the you know contract for for the following season. Um, so I think that they're probably going to do something that's going to be more short term, that's sort of a temporary solve, and see how that goes. And then they're really going to make like big moves, not big moves because they don't need to make that many moves, but they're really going to make that leap to try to be in like title contention going into the following off season. Because I don't think anyone expected the Bulls to be title contenders this year, and they've kind of just like turned out to be more or less contenders in the East, especially. Um, and so I think people kind of expected this to be sort of that next stepping stone to get to title contention. Um, and I don't know, maybe now that they're kind of there, it's like, do you fast track? Do you try to just go all out, go all in? I just think it's a little too early to give up on Kobe white as much as a lot of people say that. Um, I think, I think he's what is he 21. This is his third season in the league. And so see how things pan out for the rest of the year. Let's see what happens. You know, Patrick Williams can potentially come back. Try to get another big body uh, to really flesh out this roster going into the playoffs and see where it goes from there. And then you reassess in the offseason. That's that's my personal opinion anyway. Yeah, it's tough because, and then you can chime in on this. I mean, are you going to get Mr. Rosa next year? Arturis has shown me in Eversley, they've shown me that they want to win. This is two-year yeah. window. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeRozan, MVP level playing. Uh, next year, is that going to happen? I don't know. Or does that transfer to Zach next year, maybe? I don't know. Zach hasn't peaked yet. Um, and like you said before, it's so tough, right? Because you have these assets, assets, these are players, but assets that you could, that Kobe's a great, he's a very good player. So obviously, mm-hmm. that's something you want to leverage to win a championship. You know, you know, what do you want? Do you want to win the championship? And, you know, it's like, if you win a ship, then it's worth it, right? Right. Yeah. It is worth it. Kobe goes down a great career, but you want a title or two. You're competing every year. It's worth it. It sucks because you like Kobe White, right. Dave. <laughs> but but in the short term, Dave, <laughs> right? You is it worth is it, is it worth that risk in order to attain a championship, given the short window they have, especially with DeRozan playing um, such at a high level. Yeah. Well, Chris, you know how I stand on. I I didn't want to give up on Kobe White because I hadn't seen him play, 
And the man sat out for six months and he came back for a couple games and then went out again with COVID. And people were like, yeah, trade him, he's trash immediately. And I'm like, how about you give him a minute, <laughs> like maybe a month to get reacclimated to basketball because he had no off season, you know, he had no summer league, he had no anything. And what an interesting point, like even when you talk about his age, he's younger than Io. I don't think yeah. people know that. <laughs> he's yeah. younger than Io, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably like a month or two, but he's younger than him. Um, so yeah, like, still give him some time to get reacclimated. I'm not against trading Kobe White if it means a championship. I'm not against it, but I am against it trading him when you haven't seen it yet. So let me see it first. You know what I'm saying? Let him get it reacclimated. Let's see what it looks like. But if he's the person standing between like me and, and you mentioned Jeremy Grant or someone like, okay, you know, like I'm, I'm not opposed to it, but if you wanted to trade him for a pack of smokes, and that's why I was opposed to it. They were just wanting him going and out of here. But um, let me ask you uh, this question. This is kind of a, a, a two-parter I had for you. Uh, I want to talk about, because you touched on the front court uh, depth, and that's something that I've, I've discussed with uh, a few people about, because now, we're, which is fun to say, because now we're looking at Brooklyn and Milwaukee and Philly and how can we get past these teams. And that's definitely the issue, but it seems like when the Bulls have been signing these 10 day contracts, they've all been, you know, probably some bigger size people. Everybody's, you know, six, seven, six, eight, Ilya Sova with the six ten. So it seems like they're trying to address that here. My first part of my question is which one of these guys um, do you feel is going to be there uh, for that playoff roster? As far as, you know, these contracts, or even further on in the season, you know, we know McKinney will be there. He signed his deal. He, he's here. Um, but you, you're still looking at Jordan Bell, Ilya Sova. Uh, you got Tyler Cook also as well. Um, but which one of these guys do you feel like is going to be here on this roster when the playoffs show? I mean, if I'm if I'm going to be honest, probably none of that. Well, t- Tyler Cook is on a two-way contract, so he technically right, be, right, right, will, will be with the team. But right. uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think Jordan Bell or you know Ilya Sova are going to be the the, the answers uh, as far as like, Oh, will they remain on the team? I, I think, again, these are more just the, the hardship exceptions, the temporary, you know, placeholders while, you know, some of these guys are clearing COVID protocols. I really think that um, they're probably going to need to go for some sort of buyout candidate, uh, you know, whether that be like, a, I mean, the Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, mm-hmm. um, there's other guys like, uh, you know, there's other guys throughout the league that are older veterans that have good experience, championship experience mm-hmm. that, you know, aren't on good teams. They probably want to come somewhere where they can potentially have a shot to win a championship, which that in and of itself is incredible to even say as a Bulls fan, like, hey, yeah. these guys want to come play with us because they want to win, right? right? right. It was always right. the opposite. Uh, it was always, oh, how do we trade, you know, this player away <laughs> so they can go to a winning team and we can get right. some in return now or in the, yeah. in the reverse. Um, I think that's going to be the case. I wouldn't say that Jordan Bell or Leo Silva, I don't, I don't know, you know, they'll probably remain on 10 day contracts as long as players are in protocol, just so right, that we have right. enough bodies. Uh, I don't think any of them will probably, you know, stay on or be signed for the rest of the season. Uh, I do wish that we were seeing a little bit more uh, Ilya Silva because again, a uh, veteran player that has experience, big guy can shoot from outside space to the floor. So I was kind of hoping that we would, you know, see maybe a little bit of playing time from him, but at the same time, I get it. You know, if you, you're going to keep your rotations short, he's not going to be an option for that. Um, but that's that's my take on it. I don't know if either of them will actually be remaining with the season going into the playoffs. That's true. And, and Ilya, so I think he's in a, a health and safety uh, 
protocols. Right oh, that's now. right. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, he was one oh, yeah. of the other ones that fell. It's like these guys that come in to be our, you know, hardship exception players, then they end up falling into the protocol, it's just like going. Stanley Johnson too, right? <laughs> Stanley Johnson. Oh my goodness. Yes, absolutely right. Um, the second part of that that question was um, Tyler Cook, because uh, we you mm-hmm. kind of touched on him and, and what he's saying. We know I know he's a two way player, so he can definitely go down, you know, back to the G League whenever when this roster gets reassembled. But he's making it difficult um, on his team to do that. Uh, for me and my comparison when I watched him, I was like he he feels like a smaller Daniel Gafford uh, with what he does and what he provides. And y'all know I love Daniel Gafford, but he feels that feels like the role that he's making because it feels like the ball moves a little crisper. He sets your screens, he gets your rebounds, he dunks, he blocks, he runs the floor and, and that's it. And that's all you really need from him. Um, do you see Tyler Cook remaining like here on this roster and making it hard on guys? Like, cause I'm thinking about Tony Bradley, who mm. again, another player whose fans absolutely have issues with sometimes. I don't understand why, because he's a backup center. Like it's what he is. Okay. So when I guess I'm asking, is it Tyler Cook or is it Tony Bradley for you, uh, in your opinion, who you're like, you know what, that's the one I kind of want to run with. Yeah, I mean, if I had to choose between the two, I, I mean, probably Tyler, uh, Tyler Cook's been amazing. So, so I like that you compared him to Daniel Gafford because I like you, all, all my viewers know this. I love Daniel Gafford. That was one of the only disappointing moves in my view that the front office made at the trade deadline was moving Gafford just because I thought that was, was too early to do, uh, you know, in his career. Um, But, you know, be that as it may, that's what I love about Tyler Cook is he's kind of like that. Like you said, a smaller version of him hustles, uh, you know, provides that sort of defensive intensity, but also, also that, you know, athletic plays at the rim, those, he had that crazy dunk the other night. That was insane where he just kind of kept rising up in the air. I was like, how did that even happen? Um, so I love I love Tyler Cook for that reason. Tony Bradley, though, you know, he's not as like uh, how do I want to phrase this? He's not like the 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 as sexy as Tyler Cook is in terms of like what he can do <laughs> yes. in terms of like being flashy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he gets the job done as a backup center. Yeah, sure, he makes mistakes here and there, and it can be frustrating, you know, if you're a Bulls fan. But he's a backup center, like you said, um, and he provides that depth that you're going to need when it comes to hustle rebounding, blocking shots, you know, guarding the paint. Um, And I just think you're going to need that going into the playoffs that you're going to need some sort of backup center like that. And so because of that, it's like, I I lean more towards Tony Bradley as a result, but you got to love what you're seeing from Tyler Cook. So I don't know. It's a really tough one. If I had to choose, I'd probably go with Tyler Cook. Uh, just because I, I love what I've been seeing him recently, but it's also not fair to Tony Bradley because it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind right now because he hasn't been yeah. playing. Protocols, yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's what I would do. It's a tough one. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, Tony Bradley or Tyler Cook for you, sir? Because I know you uh, you were you were pretty big on Tyler Cook when we were talking uh, in the text and everything. You had a lot of love. Oh yeah, Tyler. I said I, I said on tweet that guy got, got a little love. I put I put, like, I put I tweeted Cook is a surprise when he's passed the ball, unlike some other fours I've seen on the Bulls. Uh, dang shots <laughs> i mean like shots, yeah like, like he actually rolls to the basket and like wants the ball you know like you know and tony bradley doesn't do that like he's the backup center right he does you know, he, he, center, he may yeah. mess up a little bit he does like two other things real good right oh um, you know this is fine uh cook i wonder if he's one of these guys like if you see too much of him he's not as good as you think mm. but nick but but 
But, you know, maybe the Billy and the Bulls coaching, coaching staff, he's on the small spurts. Because I haven't seen him yet. He, I saw, I saw the, the hook over the right, over the, over the, over the shoulder twice. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any attempt that I, I haven't seen him play so, that much, you know, obviously. So I don't know if he has like a little 13 foot jump shot, a floater, or anything like anything like that. So I do, I do wonder if you see him a small sample size, he's like awesome, which is cool to use that kind of player. But in a bigger sample size, you go, oh, okay, this is why, you know, he's like a two way player kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But as far as impact right now, what the Bulls needed, somebody come in and fill, fill a role and be athletic and, and be able to receive the ball and expect the ball and finish at the bucket. Awesome. I love seeing him on the floor. Um, yeah, I think he does pretty much everything Bradley could do, right? You know, um, so yeah, I, I like Cook. I, I'm sitting here, man, I'm still like at Jamal Day. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just waiting to see the news. I just suspect a trade or something happened. I'm just like, <laughs> just waiting for it to come. I, I'm just but... waiting for like, cause like, like, like you said, Jamal, like these players, this shouldn't matter too much if you look at a championship, right? We leverage these players so we get other players. You know, these aren't the key guys that are going to allow you to, like, take over the top and turn to win the championship. And so, in my head, this is me. I should have said this too as well. I'm just like, okay, I'm waiting for the tweet or the, or the, or the alert that somebody waiting, Waiting for the Woj bomb, huh? The, the Woj bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. I don't know who's going to be. I have no idea. But I just got I just got a feeling, man. Like, it's two years. It's two-year window. I'm just feeling they're going to try to pass on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And it's kind of funny because I was looking at the I had I had I was looking at the, uh, the team salary Jamal. I was trying to see the, the benchmark as far as like teams are expected to win the title or contend the title, and all their team salaries are above like one fifty and above, mm. right? Ours is one thirty. We're we're at Cleveland Cavaliers salary. Mm. Yeah. So so I'm like, are we really competing with these other guys like ball, like you know uh, you know like the Nets? They're one seventy something, whatever one sixty mm-hmm. something. Golden State's one seventy. These are the real. You want to hang with these dudes? You need another twenty million dollar player yeah. on, on the court. Yeah, you need so, to spend the money. Right, need to spend the money. Now, with interest about Phoenix, Phoenix did it. And I bounced up a little bit on like the Bulls. Phoenix did it with uh, with um, with Bridges outplaying his contract. Mm-hmm. But guess what? He just got paid. So now right. they're up to one seventy, yeah. one seventy, one fifty, above one sixty, whatever team salary. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking like we're still hanging around with the New York Knicks and the, you know. So I'm like. Either, either Kobe is that 20 down player, right? Maybe he's on the team already. I don't know. Maybe if he can get injured and COVID, maybe we'll have this conversation on Kobe, new contract, he's worth $18 million, whatever, whatever. We don't know this yet because of the stuff that happened. Right. So I'm looking at it, I'm like, we're hanging the big boys now. Either me, another, another guy on the team, or someone on the team, existing on the team, has to play up to that level. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that, man. Um, That kind of leads me into uh, a little bit into the question I wanted to ask. But Jamal, like, what team? And I and I'm gonna exclude Milwaukee uh, in this instance. But what team worries you the most in the East that can kind of you know shut this love train down that the Bulls are on right now when we get to the playoffs? Because personally, me, I've I've only seen maybe one team that I'm like they're better than the Chicago Bulls, and and that's the Golden State Warriors. Everybody mm-hmm. else I've seen, I'm like. I think they could beat them. You know, I think they got a chance against those guys. So who's the team in the East for you that actually worries you? Well, uh, are we excluding Milwaukee because we I'm haven't seen them yet? I, because we haven't seen them. Okay. And some people might call them an actual given. Like they're the team that right. you're worried about the most because of Giannis and the rest of the I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the Warriors for sure. So I, I saw them play the Warriors live. That was not a good game. Oh, uh, oh man. Oh, oh, no. oh, yeah. oh yo. uh, How was the stadium, by the way? How was the stadium? <laughs> uh, there were a lot of Bulls fans, but, you know, it was quiet for, for Bulls. <laughs> you know, like everyone, no one was really cheering. Uh, and, you know, that was the game that Steph Curry did the little three-pointer point yeah. and, you know, made the shot. Um, oh that God. team is scary. And, and they don't even have Clay Thompson. Yet, right? Yes. You know, it's yes. like... So they're uh, that team for sure. So, or but Wiseman. It, or Wiseman, right? Exactly. Like they, they, th- that team is going to be a force and yeah. it's kind of incredible that they've been this good, you know, after all these years and, and with Curry still playing at a really, really high level. But uh, as far as Eastern teams, um, uh, it's going to surprise you, but I actually am worried about the Nets and I know that it's going to surprise mm. you. It's like, well, we already beat the Nets twice, right? And we beat them pretty handily. Playoffs are a different beast. Um, and, you know, when when the Bulls that year that they won the 62 games in the 2011 season, the year that Rose was an MVP, we swept the Miami Heat in the regular season. We beat them four games to zero and they made good work of us in the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. We lost in five games. Uh, we won that game one and it looked like the Bulls were going to go on their way to the finals because they destroyed them in that first game. And then they lost the next four games. I, so the reason uh, the Nets worry me is because. They have the star power. Kevin Durant is uh, a beast in the playoffs. We all know that. And uh, now it looks like they might kind of be getting Kyrie back for certain games. I guess it depends on, you know, whether it's home or away. I don't I honestly don't know how that's how that's going to work, but um, it's another added piece, right? It's another added threat. And uh, you don't know how James Harden is going to be in the playoffs. If he's going to turn it up, you know, based on, you know, right now what we're seeing, he's had an underwhelming season for him anyway. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's the team that worries me the most. If, if we're excluding the Bucks, I mean, obviously the Bucks that that's got to be a concern. Um, and I think you know when you when you say that, people are well, well, we've already made good work of the Nets. You know, like we 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 beat them twice and we beat them pretty handily. And a lot of it was thanks to Lonzo Ball, now Caruso, and really doing a good job at guarding uh, at James Harden, and they absolutely did. Uh, but we don't really have an answer for Kevin Durant. Which a lot of teams don't. I, you oh, know, right, it's probably right, not fair. Right. A lot of teams don't. Um, but I just think because the playoffs are a completely different ball game, and a lot of the you know players on the Bulls don't have playoff experience, that that might be uh, uh, present a challenge. So I think that's really it. Also, this you know the Sixers, you got to worry about them too. Um, we, In we, my brain. Yeah, I, was, I mean, yeah, we lost the two games to them. Granted, we uh, was that we didn't have Vucevic in those games or. Um, we lost back to back games to them. Who's played? Who's played? But he was. We, we were, we were out. I thought someone was out in that game. But Caruso in any event, um, those games, you know, where we lost uh, and pretty bad. You know, like they they weren't that close of games. Um, that, that's another team that worries me, and it's because Embiid always just destroys the Bulls. Like I just want us to beat the Sixers, you know, to just shut up and beat Embiid's a great player, but it's like, um, he just, uh, he has the Bulls number. And and so that's another team that you obviously have to worry about. And they're also playing without Ben Simmons, uh, whether, you know, you don't, you know, you hate the guy or not, you say he's not as good of a player as he is. Uh, he's still a good passer and he's a really good defender. So if he comes back, if he comes back, um, it's another, you know, threat that you have to worry about. And when the Bulls played the Sixers, Tobias Harris, I think, was in protocol. And so you didn't even play, you didn't even see Tobias Harris. So right. really, I mean, it's kind of a no brainer, I guess. But yeah, those those are the, you know, the Sixers, the Nets, those are the teams I'm worried about the most. Outside of that, yeah, I agree with you. The Bulls can beat, you know, any of these teams um, in a seven-game series, in my opinion. Yeah, Philly just really, really concerned me because it's 
it's not just Embiid because we understand the greatness of Embiid, but it's their defense, yeah. which was a problem because Thibault is a problem, Thibault is man. Good. My God, he is an absolute issue out there. And Curry is definitely an issue, you know, with the way he shoots and how he gets open and things like that. So, yeah, even though they, I believe, what, Philly's 19 and 16, you know, they're one of those teams you're not really concerned about with their record. You know, they don't need right. to have a great record, you know, to have success um, in the playoffs. But, yeah, they are, for me, that that is my biggest concern is the Philadelphia 76ers, man. So I, I want to see that game. And even if they lose, I just need to see them play well. I, I haven't seen them play well against them yet. You right. know, so I just that's really what I want to see. Um, Chris, sure. is there a team for you that uh, worries you? We are simpatico. I agree with anything you guys said. Um, <laughs> you know, another team, well, with Philadelphia, Philadelphia, if the Bulls at that time, they had a semi complete roster. I forgot, like you said, who didn't play, but they were they were kind of not playing well together. Philly looked like mm -hmm. a better coach team. And and at the time, Vooch was struggling. Vooch was like, he's he looked like he's very bashful around a beat. It's like mm -hmm. it was like he almost like plays like the beat just better than me. And I, I, I think that's what that's, that's what it looked like on the court. They looked better coach at the time. Philadelphia yeah. at the time, you know, of course they had much spring pan together. They were more organized on the floor. They looked like they knew what they were going to do. Defensively, they were good. They looked better coach at the time. They looked like a better complete team. So I am worried about them. Um, same reasons you guys mentioned before. Uh, the next, of course, the rant. Playoffs is different. Like you, we all know this, but I think it's gonna be a hell of a battle if you have the if you have the Roseanne Levine to step up in the playoffs. Yeah, which is something new for Levine, right? To be like a thirty point guy yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. So you can watch you can watch the star rise more because your name is made in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Right. But one team, another team that I thought who our coached Billy Donovan was Miami. Miami won like this yeah. one seven nine eight with the roster yeah. that's not doing anything. And yeah. I watched, and Jamal, you can speak to this. Maybe out of bounds play, they didn't ran because the Bulls were successful. Yes. Bulls didn't run into out of bounds plays. I mean, I, I mean, now Miami is together. They've been this for a while. They have, new, right. they have some new players. But I watched Foster call plays, and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. When the Bulls caught a play, it was a turnover. It was, you know, ball bouncing away. And you're like, Miami doesn't have anybody to score. Why are they winning the game defensively? And then just, they know what they do, they have a thing. And they, and they are so confident in how they play basketball, how they force you to play the way they want to play. I would not count on Miami. They thought they should be. Okay. Yeah. But Philly, yes, I agree with Philly. And B, the B fat B is not scared of Booch. Now, he hasn't seen Booch at his best. I don't know how he's played against Booch in Orlando or whatever. I don't know. But like, Booch kind of shrunk a little bit with the B on the floor. And mm. yeah, so I'm pretty much in the same, in the same space as you guys. Mm. That's a good, uh, I completely forgot about Miami. Not that yeah. I could, I mean, it's just that I, you know, I keep forgetting when we played them, uh, we did not play well. And oh. uh, uh, a lot of it was because of their zone defense, right? That the Bulls just did not know how to handle. Um, and you're right, that that's on coaching, right? It's like, you're going to be out, you know, you, out coached by Spolstra or like you mentioned the Sixers, Doc Rivers. Those are really, really good coaches. You know, whether you want to criticize Doc Rivers for playoff coaching, maybe that's a different story, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Miami is also another, another team that, that you do have to be worried about. Cause even when we did play them, I think it was the second game. I think Bam Adebayo wasn't in. The first game, Tyler Hero wasn't in. So, I mean, they weren't even fully healthy the two times that we played them. And, and we struggled in both games. We lost, we lost both games. But, yeah, I mean, those, those are the teams that, that you do have to be concerned about and all the more reason why I think it is important that you probably do make another move uh, to try to really 
you know, level up against some of these other other teams. You know, it's funny. I I considered that second Miami game the turning point for Vooch, um, only because that was the first game I was very critical of him on because he was getting done up by Dwayne Dedman. Like, yeah, listen, I know that was, that was bad. Right, I know you're slumping and things like that, but you can't get done up by Dwayne Detman on both ends of the floor. You yeah. know, I, I completely, I, I thought that was kind of a turning point for him because his game kind of flipped and changed uh, after that. You know, he came a little more aggressive, um, definitely more engaged on both ends of the floor. So, yeah, but yeah, Miami, yeah, you're right, Chris. You nailed that, man. Like, the Heat are an absolute issue. And we saw the Heat play a bad game, and they won. And then I saw the Heat play a great game and they won. So I've seen them do it both ways against this team. So hopefully Billy can come up with something. Quick, quick though with Hero. I don't know if here was Tyler Hero numbers, but he's feeling himself this year, man. He's, yeah, he wasn't even there. Yeah. He, he's Hero, like yeah. this year, like, I'm good as Luca, and, and he's yeah. like, mm-hmm. raise his game. So, yeah. so you're getting I'm 30 off the bench. Yeah. Right. A better Hero. Is, that team before, because like, you look at the roster, you're like, why are we beating this team by 10 points? Yeah. Why are we beating this team? And then Special runs these plays and they work all the time. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. a heck of a coach, man. Uh, Jamal, I'm going to get you out of here, man. Uh, thank you for coming on here. Uh, I have just one more question for you, though. Uh, absolutely. After going through what we went through these past couple years, how much fun is this for you to watch the Chicago Bulls? It's so much fun, man. I love it. I, love, I mean, because even, even when the Bulls weren't that good, it was still fun because I, I love basketball and I love, I love watching my team. Yeah, maybe the boiling years, you know, wasn't that fun. But like last year, even last season, right. Cause it was kind of like a new era, a new front office. You had a new head coach, you had some new players and like, that was a lot of fun. But this year watching this team and how well they played together, how much they're clicking on offense um, and defense for that matter as well. And I, I tweeted about this the other day. What I love about this team is that they're all, so unselfish mm-hmm. they all want to win and they kind of i mean at least based on what they you know what they say to the press and everything like that it's like they just know their roles they have a common goal and that they just want to win and you see that on the court right? right you don't see kind of these egos clashing you don't see like who should be taking the last shot or not and i think that has just been so much fun because it's like we finally got a team that actually like is a good basketball team in the NBA, which it's been a while since we've been able to say that. And, um, and they're just an incredibly fun team to watch. Right. Cause it's like, you have good teams. Like I think of like, you know, the days of the San Antonio Spurs when they were a really, really good team mm. it might not have been as exciting to watch. People always talk about how boring they were. I personally loved it. Cause I, I love that style, like team basketball, but this team is not only are they good, they're super fun to watch. I love the like, high octane offense, how, you know, quick pace plays in transition. I love that type of basketball. And I also just love like hustle basketball players that like fighting for loose balls, like the whole Joakim Noah type mentality of just like play your best uh, play effort, hundred percent of the game, the whole 48 minutes. And that's what you see from a lot of these guys, you know? And so that it's been a lot of fun for me and uh, I'm glad I started the the channel when I did, cause now it <laughs> makes it even more fun to actually like talk about it and cover it. So. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, you, like I said, your show is phenomenal. I love it. I continue to watch it. I'm just completely enthralled and enjoy, and I love your breakdowns and yeah, I just love your logic and it's just so much fun to watch. And yeah, I'm so thankful. Um, you decided to come on the show, man, and do this with us. And please, uh, before, 
I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No, I just get, I, I appreciate it, man. The, the really kind words. And, uh, you know, you guys obviously are, are killing it as well, both on Lockdown Bulls and, you know, you got your podcast here as well. So yeah. um, uh, I know that Bulls Nation loves it because even on my channel, they're commenting on your guys' chat on your <laughs> channel and like your takes. And it's like, hey, that's that's great, man. Like they, they talk about this on Lockdown Bulls, you know, and so uh, keep up the good work as well, man. And uh, I'll always be tuning in. Thank you, man. Uh, please let the people know uh, where they can find this wonderful channel at. Absolutely. Where they can find you on social media. Absolutely. I will. I'll, I'll make sure I uh, include a link on, on my videos for your guys' oh, yes, uh, for your podcast. Absolutely. Yes, sir. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at BullCentralYT. Make sure you check out that YouTube channel and like and subscribe on that channel, Bulls Central. And also, you can check out our show, Ball on Bulls. Anywhere you get podcasts, also go to ballsports.com. Check out our website there. Um, we're also on YouTube as well. And you can check me out also on Locked On Bulls, doing my thing with Matt Daly, talking about the Chicago Bulls. I will be yelling about Kobe White on Monday, bright and early. That shall be a lot of fun. Chris. I'm looking forward to that one. Also, Big Dave, you didn't, you didn't pronounce it right. Isn't it? Isn't it bow? No, yeah, I, 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 say, I see it come sometimes in and out. It comes in and out there sometimes, man. I can't give it all to him all the time. Oh, you know, I got to say the vocals. All the time. But wait, when I end the show, trust me, it's about to drop. <laughs> go ahead, Chris. Chris, go ahead. Chris. No, you said it all, man. Yeah, you too, Shane. And on the website, uh, thank you to the monetary support for a few of our families. <laughs> and everything's good, right? Javon, when the Bulls are winning, things like a way better engagement and attitude and everything. So, yeah, man, it's fun for the show. I think it also fun. Maybe I will get back to my Two beers, maybe. Uh, <laughs> three. <laughs> thank you, man. Yo, thank you for listening. Thank y'all for joining us. We're going to have another episode for you very, very soon. On behalf of my man, Jamal. Chris, a.k.a. C-Dub. I am Big Dave. Thank y'all for listening. Have a wonderful day.